kiddos. Welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures. I'm Merritt, and it's just me this week as we are discussing uh, the co-eponymous character of Rick and Morty, Rick Sanchez. Now, I know that a lot of people don't really care for this show. I think it is pretty divisive in that I know a lot of people who are very deeply into it. And then I also know a lot of folks who just don't really care for it at all. And I kind of get that. I will say that up front um, because a lot of what the show is about is how Rick is a terrible person. Um, He's like a bad dad and a bad grandfather. And it's kind of one of those shows where a lot of the humor comes from he's a shitty person. And so that's not really for everyone. Um, And I think that sort of comes through in different ways, but you can see it really clearly in, like it's, it's sort of at its most focused in the original material that Rick and Morty came from, which is basically Justin Roiland, who is like the creator of the show, uh, did this parody of, um, of Back to the Future. He was trying to piss off Universal and so he did this like really ugly, horrible parody called um, The Real Animated Adventures of um, uh, Doc and Marty, I think. Um, it's so bad. It's horrible. I mean, it looks awful. It's just like horrible jokes about the guy wanting Marty to lick his balls. Like it's it's like the worst impulses of Justin Roiland's humor. And I think when he sort of decided to turn it into a show that wasn't just an attempt to piss off a movie studio, a lot of that was tempered. And I think like, I think Rick and Morty might be one of those cases, and I don't know much about the production of the show, but like, I think it's probably one of those cases where like having other people around and like having restrictions on what he can do is like actually a very good thing for Justin Roiland, because if that's him like unfettered, um, it's kind of horrible <laughs> and it's actually a lot more funny, um, when there's like, when he has like a restraining bolts, um, installed or whatever. But, uh, to get back to like the actual show itself. So what is Rick and Morty? Basically, uh, this is a show where you have these two characters, Rick Sanchez and, um, and Morty and, um, they go on adventures together and just basically get into like all kinds of horrible situations. And the humor comes from like Rick being an asshole and Morty sort of being this very timid, almost like a straight man character. Um, he's just like always worrying, nervous, um, bad things happen to him. Rick is constantly drunk or high or just like passing out or just like shouting at someone. Um, and so again, I can see why people might not be into that. But um, it's sort of what's interesting to me about that dynamic is like of having this like mad scientist character who is taking a younger companion on an adventure is obviously it's based on Back to the Future. Like it's based on Doc Brown and Marty, but I think it also is similar to shows like Doctor Who. So in Doctor Who, you have like this alien, super smart, basically immortal 
super being who can travel through time and space and is taking a younger companion on adventures throughout the multiverse, right? And if you've only seen newer Doctor Who, um, well, I guess the most recent guy was older, right? I haven't really watched it in kind of a long time, but like the last few Doctors have all been sort of like younger dudes, like Matt Smith. Um, but back when the series first started, like in the 60s or 70s, it was mostly really horrible old men. <laughs> it was like really crotchety, shitty old dudes. Um, and uh, they just sort of like dragged these kids on adventures and just like heckled them and um, were just like really bad um but everyone still learned a lesson and like it was still good and like the doctor was like basically a good person he was just grumpy and to me like rick and morty is like well what if um what if instead of being like a bastard with a smooth like warm feeling of goodness um the doctor was just like a bastard coded bastard with bastard filling to paraphrase scrubs um and it's not to say that rick sanchez is an irredeemable character but i'll get into that more later on because it's kind of uncomfortable when the show tries to go serious and redeem him a bit but basically he's like this older paternal figure who um has been absent from his family um for like 15 years when he shows up at the beginning of the series like it's implied that he wasn't really around for a long time uh he may not have been around when his daughter was growing up or he like raised her like um in like a very unusual way like maybe kind of like bf skinner-esque behavioralism experiments that kind of thing um and uh he wasn't around a lot for the childhood of his grandkids so he has um two grandkids morty and summer and um he sort of just shows up again and um starts living in their garage and just sort of like hanging out with them and um he he is like pretty kind to his daughter summer or they all have names <laughs> his daughter bath his granddaughter is summer um and he's super, super shitty to his uh, son-in-law, um, Jerry. And he just is constantly, like, berating Jerry. Uh, that was kind of old trope of, like, you know, the the dad, like, hackling the son-in-law for not being good enough um, for his daughter. Just, like, kind of weird. <laughs> um, and he has, like, this very pessimistic view of human relationships because he is, like, sort of the very classic, like, above-it-all kind of, like, hyper-intellectual, um, world-weary kind of, of dad, right? So he basically sees love as, like, this chemical reaction that compels animals to breed and urges Morty to, like, not go down the same road that he and um, Morty's parents did and just to dedicate himself to science. Uh, and you, you never really... Uh, hear anything about his ex-wife um, so it's like she's either dead or they got divorced and like she's just never um, never mentioned but um, yeah so he's just sort of hanging around he's like this crotchety old man um, and he's sort of like the the impetus behind all of the show's actions 
or all the shows, um, like adventures or antics, like his actions set them off. So like either he drags Morty somewhere or he, something that he's done has a consequence and that's like sets off something. And, um, how much this works for you depends on like how tolerant you are of humor coming from the fact that, that Rick is a really shitty guy. Um, so a lot of the episodes are just like him really mistreating Morty, um, him forcing Morty to do some like horrible thing, uh, just for the sake of his own selfish desires for like scientific research. Um, he really like puts people above or really puts himself above other people in terms of like seeing his work as like super valuable. Um, he's kind of just the classic detached mad scientist guy. Right. And that trope sort of bleeds into the whole like trope of, um, of dudes who see abstract ideas and like um, values as more important than people. Um, and Rick certainly fits that mold of just really being interested in capital S science um, above people. And also has this like really like um, pronounced libertarian streak. So in the fiction, there is like this council of Rick's that um, basically formed to protect themselves from governments and like enemies and the main Rick. So it's like a multiverse. There's like an indefinite number of Ricks and Mortys across all these different parallel universes. Um, and the main Rick refused to join the council because he hates governments. Um, and he's also been involved in like all of these terrorist actions against like the, the galaxy's government. Um, so in many ways, he's just like a shitty, unlikable guy. And like in real life, he would be probably just like, you would not want to be around him at all. But like, because it's a cartoon and it's a comedy, he's sort of treated in like an endearing way. Um, and uh, it's kind of weird, right? Because this is a show where, I mean, it's episodic in that basically every episode stands on its own, but then there's also arcs that the show sort of tries to follow or like it, it kind of tries to deepen the characters a little bit. So Rick just starts off as like this constantly drunk, angry, awful dude. And he kind of stays that way, but he's given a little more development and um, the development is mostly in the form of like, people explaining that he is constantly drunk because he is in so much pain. Um, so he has a catchphrase in the first season um, where he just says, wubba lubba dub dub. And a character explains to Morty at one point that that phrase is like um, him saying that he is uh, in great pain. Please help me. <laughs> and you, it's the show wants you to sympathize um, with Rick. And there's definitely like, there's an episode where the planet is like the earth is going to be destroyed by these giant heads who are forcing um, the planet to participate in this like giant reality show um, where different planets have to come up with like the catchiest pop song they can, or they'll be destroyed. And uh, Rick is like not really taking it seriously and just sort of like chilling out because he thinks music comes from just being relaxed. And Morty is just like freaking out because that's his character and because he's like a small boy. 
And so he, there's a point where he's like going to try and um, basically use Rick's portal gun, which like lets him go to different universes to like get his family and escape and like go somewhere else and just like run away while Rick and the planet are destroyed. And like this character bird person is like explaining to Morty that, um, Oh no, Rick's actually like been there for you your whole life. And there's like pictures of him holding Morty as he's growing up. And like, um, he's like, Oh, would you abandon, you abandon Rick? Um, just to like save your family. And it's like, uh, um, I don't know. Like, obviously he goes back and like, they write this song together and save the world, but it's weird because it's definitely one of those shows. And like, I feel like this is such a trend of like a shitty man, like the whole concept of like television or media about a bad dude who like is bad but then it's almost like the show writers don't want to just create a show about an irredeemable asshole because that would turn people off so at some point they need to make him redeemable in some way and so they they want to make you feel pity for him and like think like oh the reason why he's lashing out at everyone around him is because He's in so much pain because he's just so smart or he's seen so many things that he constantly drinks to like numb himself. And, uh, and that's why he's, he's this way. And it almost feels like wanting to have your cake and eat it too, in terms of depicting this like awful dad character. Um, and I feel like this is something that we're only really we only really extend to dad characters or to men more generally, but it's often dads, I think, of like a dad is someone in media who gets to be morally complex um, when the kind of person that they are in real life would probably just be an asshole or like a murderer or just like a nightmare man. Um, like dads more than anyone else, I feel like in in TV and in film and in literature, we are willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're acting to protect their family or they're morally compromised. And that's interesting. Um, I don't feel like moms or like anyone else was really given that same leeway. Like something about being a dad or being a paternal figure grants you this license to act in all of these ways that are just morally aberrant. Um, and I mean, the end of season two, which is, um, as of this recording, season three hasn't been released yet, but basically at the end of season two, Rick takes his family to the wedding of his best friend, bird person and this earth girl and it turns out that this apparently, like, teenage girl um, was, like, an agent of the galactic government and kills Bird Person and tries to arrest Rick and, like, all of the other party guests because they're all, like, wanted criminals. 
And so Rick takes his family and goes into hiding. And there's this conversation that the family has while they think Rick isn't around. Like he's like listening in on them. And basically like everyone is sort of arguing that uh, it's necessary that they're hiding out on this awful tiny planet on their own. And like they they need to protect Rick. And Jerry is just like the voice of reason. Like he would never do this for them in a million years. Rick is too selfish to like ever self-sacrifice for for his family. But he constantly expects them to do the same. And so Rick kind of hears that and basically decides to like turn himself in so that his family will get to just like go back to Earth. And season two ends with... um, with this like really dramatic um, montage of his family going back to earth and uh, Rick being, um, being taken into Johnny Cash's hurt um, playing. And it's like really, really almost over the top dramatic. And um, it ends with like him, you know, he's made, he's done this, um, this unselfish, self-sacrificing act and i'll be interested to see where the third season goes with that because i feel like that's meant to be like rick's redeeming big redeeming gesture right like there are a few of them throughout the series so like there are definitely moments where he acts to save morty in particular um and there are times when he is like shown to be like willing to die to save morty so he's not like a complete like monster um he helps his grandkids out but like he is constantly verbally abusive towards them and like it's that balancing act right that like any kind of media doing this sort of thing has to do of like how do you walk that line of um making someone an asshole and isn't that funny but then also like making him likable and i feel like most (laughs) producers of this kind of media probably have like a way bigger leeway for like what they consider funny rather than like horrible and scary than many of the consumers and that's just because most of the people making this stuff are men and they don't really maybe have the same kind of relationship to like to yelling men um in their lives as a lot of the people watching this stuff do but uh but yeah so like i feel like the the second series or second season ended with this kind of big gesture where they're trying to be like oh rick sacrificed himself that so that his family could live and um, it's like this big deal. And I don't know whether that's going to sort of be used um, in the third season. I could really see Rick sort of like constantly just like pulling that on his uh, on Morty or his family later on um, as sort of like, remember when I did this? Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, so I feel like that's really the, the interesting thing about the show. Um, I get why people wouldn't be down for it i get why people like aren't really amenable to like the awful aloof abusive but like deep down good dad um character because it i think it probably hits too close to home for a lot of people and i think that character trope that's like played for humor so much um if you've been close to that in your life and it isn't very funny like irl then having that as a source of humor is kind of like uh, not great, right? <laughs> so, um, so I totally, totally get that. 
Um, I think that's basically all I've got to say about Rick. I mean, there's like some little hints of other dad stuff. So, um, and there's other moments where they try to humanize him too. So there's one episode in particular where, um, he, it's revealed that he used to date this like hive entity called unity that basically assimilates people into its consciousness, like kind of like a Borg situation. And, um, it starts off kind of like, oh, wow, this is really interesting and kind of transgressive because like this Rick is dating this like thing that is made up of all of these people. But then basically it's just like, oh, there's a big titty alien played by Christina Hendricks. And so like, it's just like, well, that's just uh, normative then. Um, That's fine, whatever. But um, at one point he's like, I want to have sex with you while every man who like vaguely resembles my father is standing in the stands cheering me on. Um, And then later in that episode, when he realizes that he can't be with unity anymore, he tries to kill himself. Um, And it's like played for like pathos, like, Oh, he's so pathetic and sad. And again, it's like another angle on that. Oh, he's so terrible, but deep down he's really like hurting. And, um, I don't know. I think how successful that is for you depends on your relationship to that that trope and your willingness to to entertain that. I mean, I don't think anyone should feel bad for not being willing to to entertain that because um just because like it's almost like it's played like oh, he is he is in pain, therefore he is bad when like lots of people are in pain and aren't terrible. So um so yeah. Um I think that's um that's about it uh for this week. I um I am actually genuinely interested to see how the um the third season goes. I do like the show, but again, like I get why people why people don't. Um so I think that about does it for this week. Uh thank you for tuning in and um I will I will talk to you again next week. Until then, bye kiddos. Is it Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuis for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter we're at Dad Feelings and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.